Oh, yeah, let's do this. This is not a drill. It's actually Tyler and Parker today. Uh, We've been doing this show now, Parker, for about, what, two, two and a half weeks? And I feel like about three times it's actually been both of us on the show. I think it actually just has, I think it's been like three or four shows we've still had together. So, locked in, uh, back at full strength and for the time being. Parker took some vacation. Uh, I just got some uh, back from some vacation. It's good to be back. Let's do it, locked in for the next hour. And, uh, man, Parker, when I left, I thought that when I came back, portal season would be over. And here we are today. Portal season is maybe as hot for OU as it's been the entire month. Oh, there is no off season in college football anymore, Tyler. Not that there was before NIL and the transfer portal, but there really isn't these days. Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg are uh, the two names that you're watching out for. Which, by the way, speaking of portal season, I guess we can say false alarm. False alarm, everyone. Because we saw a tweet by USC with the peace sign emoji, fight on emoji, whatever they want to say. And it's like, okay, the Caleb Williams decision may be impending here. Everyone stay glued to your timeline. Well, there was news coming out of USC today, but it wasn't Caleb Williams related. Jerry Rice's son is transferring from Colorado to USC. So we finally thought a decision was going to be made. And maybe it happens today, but I don't think that that's what SC was referencing. So we continue to wait on what the Williams family uh, elects to do here. Uh, but I think the, uh, the fortuitous thing in all of this, Tyler, is that we know either Caleb Williams is going to announce and this all will be over, or Jackson Dart will announce that he's committing to Oklahoma. And then you put two and two together. Caleb Williams isn't coming back, and everybody is fully aware of that at that point. So worst-case scenario is... This whole situation with Caleb Williams continues to drag out, and Jackson Dark commits to Ole Miss, and then we're sitting here singing the same song for the next week. And that's why I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time today talking about Caleb Williams. When I was on vacation, there was an alert that I got on my phone, and it was from the the ref Twitter page, and it was somebody DMing the station saying, please stop talking about Caleb Williams. And that was just one person who sent that, but I feel like everyone feels that way it right now. It might have been me on my burner. It's it's like, I mean, I guess like lightly update us on where things stand, but God, we're, we're so tired of this long, drawn-out process. Dude, just pick somewhere. We know you're not coming here. Just move on, whatever. And that's where I'm at, too. I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of speculating. Pick somewhere and, and move on. Uh, because really... If he doesn't pick USC here in the end, he's leaving USC in a really, really tough situation here if you know he likes to go to UCLA or somewhere kind of where you're starting to think he might go. Yeah, well, it looks like the Williams family is lining up a couple additional visits potentially, so I, I don't think this is close to over, Tyler. Jeez. <laughs> I don't think we're getting a decision today or tomorrow or maybe even later this week. I, I, feel, I feel like at this point, if, if Caleb were to even hint that he'd come back to OU, fans would be, <sighs> okay, seriously. I, 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 you always take someone of that talent on your roster, but I think OU fans are just so done with this situation right now. It's like, God, can we just finally move on and get past it? Please? Please can we move on? And I'm right there with you guys. I'm and right the second Jackson Dart is a Sooner, if that is indeed what happens, then they can move on. Because then, you know, you got your quarterback room shored up. There's not any room for Caleb Williams, even if he wanted to come back. And so at that point, you can say with 100% certainty 
that Oklahoma is out of the Caleb Williams shenanigans. So let's talk about guys that are actually worth discussing. It's Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg. They're the two most valuable players out there for OU in the transfer portal. And I was monitoring Twitter very lightly. I tried to stay off Twitter during vacation, and I got to tell you, it was pretty awesome. But as I was kind of monitoring things, it was, okay, well, Chubba Purdy goes to Nebraska. Jackson Player goes to Baylor. Drew Sanders, ah, that stinks. He goes to Arkansas. Uh, Makai Wingo today goes to LSU. So it looked like there was a lot of bad news over the weekend, but if they can get Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg coming in, uh, Parker, it feels like that would almost make up for the not great weekend that OU had in the transfer portal. To me, because I think that those are two pretty big-time players. Well, and the Sooners have nine transfers right now in the boat. So it's not as if missing on Drew Sanders and Makai Wingo and Jackson Player was the end of the world for them. And uh, naturally it hurts, right? Because Drew Sanders is a former five-star guy. Jackson Player was maybe the hottest commodity along the defensive line in the transfer portal when he entered. And Makai Wingo is another guy that's going to be an impact player at LSU as his career progresses. But you go three for three with defensive backs over the weekend, yeah, which we'll touch on here in a, here in a bit. But the reality is... Nothing was really hinging on the addition of a Drew Sanders or a Makai Wingo or a Jackson player. So while you would have liked to add those guys, you're content with the haul that you've brought in thus far, and you have the potential to score two high-impact guys in Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg that just about every program in the country would love to have on their roster. Sure. So when you talk about, you really can't talk about one without the other. It, you really can't talk about Michael Trigg without Jackson Dart, right? So I, I kind of went into Michael Trigg stuff because I feel like 95% of the conversation is more about Jackson Dart than it is Michael Trigg. So no I doubt. said, I said, okay, earlier today, I, I want to see, like if this happens, it's going to be a package deal. I want to see what they're getting w- with Michael Trigg. And not that the numbers are, you know, Mark Andrews, Mackey Award winning in 2017, but some of the highlights I saw from this kid, uh, me likey the possibilities of this, man, because he is a he's a big athletic kid, 6'4", 245, I believe is what 24-7 Sports has him listed as. Um, athletic, can go up and get the football. This is kind of your prototypical size with athleticism that you're looking for at the position. I understand that people are more excited about Jackson Dart. That's natural when we're talking about a quarterback. But, dude, like, make no mistake about it, this would be a tight end that could come and and get some snaps real, real early on for OU. He is a heck of an athlete, and you take a look at what he did on the prep circuit as both a football player and a basketball player. That was a guy that could have played Division I basketball if he wanted to. He had offers. And... You look at the tape, and you watch the highlights, and of course there's that practice highlight from USC where he's trucking everybody and the one-handed catch that has circulated on social media. Yeah, Michael Trigg should not, and I, I understand it's natural for him to kind of play understudy to Jackson Dart in all of this buzz because Jackson Dart is the quarterback, right? But in Michael Trigg, Oklahoma would get an instant impact guy that would probably be due for some pretty significant snaps. And that's not to say he would necessarily supplant Braden Willis, but he could. Sure. He really could. He's that good. Well, if you're talking about the possibility of both those guys on OU's roster in 2022, and kind of going off what you're saying, I mean, if you factor in that Jackson Dart would have a, you know, heavy competition with Dylan Gabriel, it wouldn't be crazy to say that Michael Trigg would have maybe the best impact 
in 2022 for OU than the guy that everyone's more excited about than Jackson Dart, just because his opportunity is a little bit better to get out on the field. So I, th- this is a pretty good, this is a pretty good package deal that's out there, and, and in fact, it's it's one of the best, if not the best, package deals that have been out there in the transfer portal this offseason. You think about the history of the transfer portal. It's short, documented history. This might be the best package deal yeah. that has been out there on the market all along. And so, yeah, I I think it'll be interesting to see what happens the rest of the day because it, it, everybody's just kind of sitting on pins and needles right now. Like, when's it happening? When's it happening? When's it happening? And I talked to people who thought it was going to happen uh, last night and to, or this morning at the earliest. And here we are, midday on Tuesday, still waiting. And so does it happen today? Does it drag out into later in the week? Much like the Caleb Williams situation, I think a lot of student fans are just sitting there wondering, you know, they're seeing Dart and Trigg post their official visit pictures from OU and Ole Miss, and they're just sitting there like, make a decision already. I, I for you for your sake, I really hope they make a decision today. <laughs> I, I really I really feel for you throughout this entire process. So I'm hoping that Jackson Dart, Michael Trigg make an announcement to OU today. Which, by the way, yeah, it, it is between OU and Ole Miss. Um, I love Mike Steely. God, I, I love Mike Steely. But he said something to uh, said something on the show earlier today that hurt me a little bit. Oh boy. Did he say that he thinks Ole Miss's uniforms are a little bit better than OU's? I feel like he said that early on in the first segment. I don't know of if he. D- I don't know if he directly compared them to OU's. He may have. We but. need to get some clarification on that one, man. Because uh, for my money, and I, I know that it's a shared opinion by everyone around here. But come on, man. OU's road whites are, in my opinion, one of the best, probably the best uniform in college football. Ole Miss is too much. Like the baby blues from Ole Miss. I I get that everyone loves those, but. Like, there's nothing about Ole Miss's uniforms that say, wow, that's traditional, wow, that's cool, wow, that logo has withstood the test of time. Like, Ole Miss has a lot of different uniform combinations. OU, not really so much. Um, And I'm fine with Mike giving a little bit of a hat tip to the Ole Miss uniforms. I think they can be cool, but come on. Uh, OU, OU's traditional Home crimson, road white, whatever it is, it always looks good. So I will not be. I will. I will stand by that. If these guys pick OU, they will pick the better uniform combination. Where do you stand on the introduction of an anthracite uniform to the football program? No, not me. I am. Um, I am in the age where I'm supposed to love alternate uniforms. Like 32 years old, I'm supposed to really only care about alternate uniforms. Uh-huh. I don't like alternate uniforms, man. <laughs> and in fact, like when I go to a Major League Baseball game, and this happened one time, um, I'm a big Braves fan, and they played the Cubs. Okay. And they both wore like um, some sort of a throwback uniform. I'm like, no! When I watch my favorite team play or someone like the Cubs play, I want them to wear their traditional uniforms, not some costume that's out there where I can't recognize either team. So mm. if, if it was up to me... It would be it would be home crimson and road whites exclusively, and that's it. So I I know that maybe that's an old take to most or to some people, but keep it traditional is my opinion. I'm guessing you have a differing opinion. I don't know. I'm somewhere in the middle. Like there are uniform innovations that I just hate. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a good kind of textbook example of this. 
Oregon is obviously the one that everybody cites as kind of cutting edge in the new uniform era, and deservedly so, because it seems like they wear eight different uniforms every season, none of which we've ever seen an exact replica of before. And so um, with regard to throwbacks, I'm, I'm a big throwback guy. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm down with that. A, a, an example, one of my favorite alternate uniforms of all time is – the L.A. Rams throwback uniforms with the royal blue and the yellow, the ones that they wore in the Super Bowl against the Patriots a couple years back. That is an example of, you know, some alternate uniforms are just vintage and classic and aesthetic perfection. And it's those types of uniforms that I like to be brought out. Alternates are a different story. Alternates are very hit or miss for me. Like, some alternates feel forced. Like... Oklahoma State's teal alternates, the yeah. basketball yeah. ones. No, get those the hell out of here. <laughs> I want no part of those. Some look really nice. I'm, okay, okay I, I, now i got to think of an example. An example would be like the Ole Miss Powder Blues. Okay, Some of those, given the color scheme and just given the sense of novelty, look really, really nice. Some are just so forced it's an atrocity. Yeah, yeah like Oregon, they don't even actually have a real – logo on their helmet anymore it's just like the I duck know. wings I, I hate that so i'm with you on that if you're gonna do an alternate uniform i am a hashtag team throwback more than let's just come up with something crazy yeah retro you know? vibes to me i i can handle those a lot better than i can innovation and a futuristic spin on uniforms by the way you mentioned it uh jalen ross north carolina defensive back uh he is committed to ou over the weekend jalen ross uh, uh, what did I write down? North Carolina defensive back here. Sorry, I wrote down the the wrong name on my, I was my say, rundown Trey, sheet. Trey, Trey Morris. Yeah, I wrote down the wrong name on my rundown sheet. Um, we were talking before the show today. He started at nickel. He started at corner. He started at safety. Uh, he's played all. He's played like basically every single position that you can play in the secondary. Kind of gives you Key Lawrence vibes, doesn't it? Forty four starts yeah. to his name. All three positions in the defensive backfield. That's a guy that you would have to figure if he doesn't start for Oklahoma in 2022, he's going to get plenty of run one way or another just by virtue of his experience and his versatility. So, yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll always take a guy that can play multiple positions. Um, he looks to be really athletic, and he's played a lot of college football before, so that's a guy you'll, uh, you'll definitely take. Hey, who wants to go to the basketball game tonight? I know a lot of hands are being raised right now. I will be there. We've got four tickets to give away on the other side. So oh. stick through the break, okay? And I'm going to tell you coming up next how two people are going to win two tickets to tonight's OU Kansas basketball game. Tell you about that coming up next right here. It's Locked In with McComas and Thune on the ref.
Locked in with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref. OU in Kansas tonight, 6 o'clock on ESPN. KU is a three and a half point favorite over the Sooners. Yeah, we got four tickets to give away. Two sets of two, courtesy of Air Comfort Solutions, where, by the way, it's not too late to get your furnace tuned up. So if you're in the OKC area, give Air Comfort Solutions a call, 405-721-3740. Tulsa area, that's 918-992-2553. 918-992-2553. So here's how this is going to work. Um, if you have Twitter, go ahead and uh, get the app ready. And I'm looking for two people that will tweet out, I'm listening to at Sports Talk 1400 right now. Obviously, tag us in the station as a tweet. And I'm going to find two people that tagged at Sports Talk 1400 in a tweet and pick two winners for tonight's game. So if you do tweet that out, um, I'm going to see your tag, but be standing by your DMs because I'm going to need your cell phone number to send you the tickets tonight. And please, if you're going to try to win these tickets, please do plan on going to the basketball game tonight. It is 6 o'clock in the LNC, OU in Kansas. Again, get out Twitter, tweet, I'm listening to at Sports Talk 1400, and I'll find two people uh, to get to go to the basketball game tonight. These are going to be two pretty good tickets, so you want to try to win these for sure. Boy, uh, it's not anything new to say that a, a game against KU is is going to be tough, Parker, but this team is one of the better offenses in college basketball right now at 81.9 points per game. Uh, they've got legit rebounders inside with David McCormick. Uh, they've got a lot of guys that have played a ton of basketball. This is, to me, like I... I'm not giving, like, OU has a chance to win the game, don't get me wrong. But one, they've got to be better offensively than they've been the past two games, and it's probably got to be one of those nights where, you know, teams have one to two times a year at home where it just seems like you can do no wrong and everything seems to go win. That's what it's going to take to win tonight. Yeah, by the way, we have, uh, I got two notifications on the Air Comfort Solutions text line phone uh, from listeners who tweeted at us. One is a listener in Poland, and one is Teddy Lehman. So, yeah, so I know. Far, I know. So far, yeah. we cannot give away any tickets. But yeah, uh, a lot of people are are tweeting right now, so we appreciate that, guys. Now, on the uh, on the topic of this basketball game, we're going to find out a lot about the Sooners' identity as a team tonight, Tyler, because they've been good on their home floor this year. They have. They beat Florida at home. They beat Iowa State at home. Those are two of their marquee wins thus far on the year, but. And I talked about this with Steely. This is a Kansas team that you perennially, year after year in the Big 12, if you can split with them, you consider that a win because the Sooners haven't won in Fog Allen in three decades, right? (laughs) So this game is very, very important because if you're going to split with Kansas, this is the game you have to get. So, yeah, OU hasn't won in in Lawrence since the early 90s. Excuse me, I wish it was the late 90s at this point. So Josh Helmer and I have been to Fog Allen Fieldhouse a couple times for OU Kansas basketball games. And it was, I think the last time we were up there together was the year before the Final Four year. Um, OU went to the Sweet 16 that year. They they were pretty good. OU was up, I want to say like five with three minutes left. And KU was at the free throw line. And it was one of those where... It was the most KU play at home ever. OU's up by five with three minutes left, and you're thinking like, oh my God, Like I, I think that OU might actually break the streak here. I think they might actually win in this place. KU's at the free throw line. It hits off the back iron. Two bounces perfectly to one of their guards out on the three-point line, 
and he hits the three, the place goes nuts, and you know how the story goes. Nah. KU ends up winning the basketball game. All that to tell you, one of the best lines that Josh Helmer uh, has ever thrown out, we were walking out of that place a little bit frustrated, and he said, God, the last time I won in this place, I was in diapers, and the next time we win in this place, I'll be in diapers. It was a pretty <laughs> defeatist view on how the OU Kansas basketball series has uh, gone here over the past three decades. Man, but. the other thing about this game tonight is that obviously Oklahoma's coming off two straight losses in which they played really bad basketball, Tyler. Yeah. Neither of those games at Texas or at TCU was just uh, there was very there was very little good to take out of either of those performances for Porter Moser's team. So this is the point in time at which you either rebound because I mean you got Baylor and you got Auburn coming up as know, well man. after Kansas. It does not get any easier. So you either got to rebound and you got to win at least one of these three games, or things are going to spiral out of control real quick, and yeah. then all of a sudden your tournament hopes are in serious jeopardy. To really put in perspective how tough these next four games are going to be, you play Kansas tonight at home. Lenardi's latest bracketology, they're a two seed. You play Baylor at home on Saturday. Lenardi's bracketology, they're a one seed. Uh, you got to go to West Virginia. I think West Virginia is a nine seed in the latest bracketology, but we know how tough it is to go out to Morgantown and win a game. And then, oh yeah, you got to go to Auburn in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Auburn is a one seed in the latest bracketology. So in your next four games, two of them are against uh, one seeds, and one of them is against a two seed. Um, you'd be hard-pressed to find another stretch here recently for OU Hoops that's been tougher than these next four games. I mean, there's there's no let-up, and, and you can make an argument that tonight might be the most winnable out of the four. I think best-case scenario, absolute best-case scenario, you go 2-2. Two and two. If sure. you go 3-1, and one, build the statue now. Seriously, man. Lifetime contract if uh, Porter goes 3-1 and one during this stretch. But, yeah. I, it, like, deal or no deal style... If you're giving me two and two, like, I, I don't even, like, I'll even let one of the wins be against West Virginia. Like, don't care at all. I will lock in two and two right now and not think twice about it. Because two and two in this stretch means that you're getting a win in on your resume from one of the top eight teams in the country. And maybe even one of the top four teams in the country. And that'll go a long way on Selection Sunday. Yeah, totally. Because, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious that OU is going to be an NCAA tournament team. Hopefully, I'm not speaking, uh, you know, too soon. I think they were on the nine line today or yesterday in bracketology. I, I think that they're going to get in the dance, but this is a this is a stretch. And you kind of mentioned it earlier with uh, Steely. Like, is, is this the season defining stretch for OU basketball? I don't know if I'd go that far when you're talking about three of the four best teams in the country, but. It's really going to set the table, I think, in terms of how competitive you are and can they turn the corner offensively, you know, heading down the stretch of the season. Because this is not a good offensive basketball team right now. No, and the, th the thing is, they've played good enough defense those last two games to win. They just haven't shot the ball well at all. They're not scoring. Yeah. And, I don't know, maybe you chalk that up to a case of the doldrums. Whatever the case may be, you got to reverse that trend. You got to start hitting the ball, or you got to start hitting shots from beyond the arc again. You got to feed the ball to your inside scorers and Tanner Groves and Jalen Hill. Let them work in the paint. You've got. <laughs> I go back to the the line from the movie Hoosiers, right, Tyler? Can't score if you don't shoot. 
Seriously. Oklahoma's got to shoot, and they got to shoot well if they're going to keep pace with the likes of Kansas and well, Baylor. That's and what Auburn. was so disappointing to me about Saturday is, I mean, not only did you did you lose the game against TCU, but there is long stretches of that game where you're saying, I mean, not just OU, but, but both teams here are struggling offensively. But you almost forget that OU got out to a 9-0 lead in that game, you know? A 9-0 lead, that should have been enough to win by double digits on Saturday. But they got off to that quick start, and they went cold for about 35 minutes after that. Can we get a lot more of Bijan Cortez? That's my one question, because I feel like that dude has been arguably the most stable player on this basketball team. Yeah, he had his best game of his career against Iowa State. We talked about that last week for sure. Uh, not a great night at Texas, but he um, it seems like the ball moves a lot better when he's, when he's out on the floor. I'll say that. Now, he's not going to be a guy that's going to get you 18 points, not at this point in his career. But the the ball's the ball's gonna move. But he is going to commit turnovers from time to time. That's that's what you get with a with a young freshman like that handling the basketball. Uh, by the way, to mix in a little football here before we hit the break, uh, workouts with Schmitty uh, sounds like they have begun. Steve Stutzman, Danny's dad, tweeting out saying, "Hey, his 6 a.m. lift went well." Uh, Braden Willis tweeted something out about he likes this as well. Um, the body bag count, can you confirm what the body bag count is over there at the Switzer Center after day one of workouts? I cannot confirm. No. I, again, I will set the over-under at 3.5. You going to take the over or the under, Tyler? Well, what's, what's the cutoff here? How long do I get? Do I get until fall camp starts? You get, you get till the end of the month, two weeks. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I'm going to take the over regardless. <laughs> I'll take the over on three and a half. Wow, you think they're that and, soft in there, huh? And, and you know what, what, what's funny about that is, you know, in any other offseason, if a guy, like, transfers or leaves, like, you kind of get worried, right? Like, it's never – it's hardly ever a, a good thing when, when someone transfers or leaves. But I feel like everyone's so pumped up about Schmitty coming back that if you see a guy in a portal that's viewed at as expendable, it's going to be, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Schmitty's working right now. <laughs> Schmitty's got it going on up there. Yep. Clear out the dead weight. Another two guys today enter the, enter the portal. That's what I like to see. <laughs> like I feel like OU fans are going to be like really proud if the, if the number is like decently high here, which I think is hilarious. Well, again, cutting the dead weight. Making sure the only guys in that locker room are the guys that really want to be there. Yeah, and I, I think that, I mean, you're going to have guys that enter in the, into the portal after this. I just, I don't know, man, maybe I'm wrong, but I think the guys that you want to stick around really for the most part are, are going to be the guys that are left here at the end. I, I, I don't think that, you know, Marvin Mims is going to be in the portal in a couple weeks because workouts are too hard. I don't foresee that being an issue. And I could be wrong, but I, I just don't see that being a problem at all. And honestly, on the 3.5, I might take the under because I feel like at this point, there were enough Schmitty horror stories thrown around over the last month, month and a half, that any guys who were seriously leery yeah. of high-intensity workouts would have already hit the portal. So I kind of – I actually, as I give it more thought, I kind of get the sense that – there aren't going to be all that many casualties that everybody that is still walking the halls of the Switzer Center is somebody that is 100% bought into the challenge of Jerry Schmidt. It's the best thing that ever happened to those guys, the former players out you know, tweeting things and other people saying, oh my God. Like, at least they had about a, what, three-week month heads up. Like today, whatever happened today, and I have no idea what happened today, but... Whatever happened today didn't catch them off guard. They were fully expecting it. 
1999, it fully caught them off guard as to what was about to happen, and it did not end well on day one of workouts. So, I mean, you got guys like Jackson Sumlin on the roster. His dad, Kevin Sumlin, was here. He probably told him firsthand, like, hey, this, this is no joke, dude. Like, you better tell your buddies over there, like, what's coming? It's, it's real. Jackson Sumlin tweeted, workout at 7 a.m. I showed up at 5.50 because I wasn't sure what to expect. <laughs> right, seriously. All right, uh, we'll take a break here. Uh, during this break, I'm going to find two tickets. I'm going to find two winners, excuse me, for the tickets to tonight's basketball game. Stand by your DMs. I'll pick two winners coming up next. We'll talk more OU football on the other side. It is Locked In with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref.
This hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune brought to you by Chapel Supply. Chapel supplies you, and they supply you with the tools to tackle any power washing job, residential or commercial. They can also service all brands of power washers. Chapel Supply bringing you this hour of Locked In. Uh, I want to say this, by the way, the winners of our tickets, Josh Maddox and Jesse Ramirez, though. Jesse, you need to respond to the Twitter DM about what your number is. We're trying to give out those tickets there, just saying. But I've hinted about this before. I don't ever want this show or this station to give off the impression that we just totally take our listeners for for granted. Don't like don't don't want to do that. Cuz you guys are the lifeblood of what we do. You 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 just you're all over the text line every single day. Uh, you're all over us on Twitter every single day. Like, God, we, we, we really appreciate that. And the least we can do from time to time is give out four tickets courtesy of Air Comfort Solutions and try to at least in some way reward you for your loyalty to the station. I know we couldn't give away tickets to everyone out there. That would be amazing. But just genuinely, like, thank you, everyone, for always being on the text line, for always being on social media. You're awesome, and I... Just, I hope we never give off the vibe that we take our listeners for granted because I know like every person at this station does not take this interaction for granted at all. Not at all. They make the shows a lot easier, Parker. I'll say that when they do. people are texting. They do, and it's a ton of fun, especially when we have the Air Comfort Solutions text line popping off yeah, and people yeah, are airing their opinions, throwing questions at us. It, uh, it makes talk radio a lot more fun when there is interaction, and so... Uh, appreciation and thanks to all of our listeners for the interaction day in and day out. What do we got on the Air Comfort Solutions, by the way? 651-3439 if you want to inter- interact with the show. One listener from the Lawton area says, C.D. Lamb is the only guy I can think of in the last few years whose body type changed dramatically. It will be interesting to see what a guy like Marvin Mims morphs into. C.D. got really cut up. Uh, yeah. I feel like going into that... 20, it was going into the 2018 or 2019 season. I forget which one it was. I think it may be going to the 2019 yeah, season. Yeah, it was 2019 where all of a sudden, like you saw yeah. him week one, you're like, oh, oh, that's a different dude. Yeah. Um, receivers wise, have body changed, bodies changed all that much? Like, I don't even think that you need to stop at receiver. I, I think that you can go to a lot of different positions across the team and say that, um, which, is, which is not a good thing. I mean, that that is. That's representative of your strength and conditioning department, and I think that we can all say that it was not where it needed to be these past several years. No. That's changed, though. Another listener says, as the statement goes, those that stay will be champions. Yeah, that's what Michigan says, though. You know, do you want to copy anything that the University of Michigan says and hangs up in their locker room? I know they went to a college football playoff this year and all, but yeah, for what just that's saying, worth. I don't want to... You know, Notre Dame already stole play like a champion from OU, regardless of what Notre Dame says. You know what? That college football playoff game, I was thinking the other night, I saw the final score of that Rams-Cardinals game. I was like, that's a bizarre final score, but I've seen it before. Where have I seen it before? And it was the final score of the uh, Georgia-Michigan game. Yeah. Anything else on on the text line? Uh, by the way, uh, Jim Harbaugh, apparently a lot of smoke that he could be in the running for the Las Vegas Raiders head coaching that, I guess that was like the Raiders. That was his kind of dream scenario when he was a kid growing up, all that. So, that, yeah, that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me. I mean, I'm keeping Rich Bisaccia if I'm the Raiders based on how that 2021 season unfolded. That dude, and I know he has a lot of support within the locker room, yeah. a lot of very public support. So, we'll see. The GM, Mike Mayock, was fired yesterday, so... 
that may play into the ultimate decision from management. But uh, one listener says, asking all the shows this, what do you guys think of Braden Willis saying he had tougher workouts in high school at Arlington Martin than anything they've done at OU? Uh, well, I think it's hilarious, one. Um, two, I don't really think it's all that surprising. Again, if you want to go to the development and bodies changing, I mean, if you just go back and look, I mean, it was a real issue for this program. I have no idea what type of workouts Braden Willis did in high school, but I like, who am I to sit here and doubt the guy? I mean, he's, he's been in the program for several years now. He knows what it looks like, and he doesn't I, – I don't know, man – Parker, he doesn't seem like he's the type of guy that would do that just for social media clout. No, you know? no, he's not. He's not a clout chaser. He's not. He, he's also like, I, I, I hate to use the word oblivious on social media, but Braden Willis just isn't like super plugged in on social media yeah. to the point where we were in a Twitter space together the other night, and somebody pointed out, "Hey, you've worn number nine for the last year, but your Twitter profile picture is still one of you wearing the number eighty-one jersey." And he was like, "Well, I've never noticed that." <laughs> right? So again, that's not the type of guy that's going to get on social media and say stuff like that just to push a narrative or drive interaction. Yeah. Uh, keep hitting us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text, text line, by the way, 651-3439. Appreciate them for supplying the uh, four tickets that we were able to give away during the show today. Um, it's portal season, man. That's, that's what we're that's what we're talking about. But there's also other recruiting news that's out there. Uh, I saw via your website, 24-7 Sports, that told Jeff Levy might be paying a visit to Arch Manning coming up this week, huh? And yeah, I feel like you roll your eyes every time I bring up Arch Manning and that whole situation. Listen, I just I I want no part of that recruitment, <laughs> and I haven't made that a, any particular secret. Look, <clears throat> the word is the word on the street is Arch Manning wants to be committed sometime this spring, which would be awesome. If that's the case, great. I'm not convinced that's going to no be way. the case, dude. There's no way, no way. Now. In my ideal world, Oklahoma just gets a commitment from Jackson Arnold or Jaden Rashada, and all of this buzz can be put to rest. And it's not that I don't want Arch Manning to be a Sooner or that I think Arch Manning is a bad quarterback or something like that. It's just that when you do what I do day-to-day, covering recruiting and constantly having to keep a beat and keep a pulse on the world of recruiting as a whole, when you have somebody that moves the needle the way Arch Manning does – and he has the name that Arch Manning has, you know it's going to be a circus whenever the school that you cover gets involved. Sure. And now that Oklahoma is officially in on Arch Manning, I can promise you that will be uh, that will be the most draining recruitment for me to cover Oh, by far. Uh, I know I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but just wait until the spring when he comes to Norman and takes an official visit. No oh boy. <laughs> I mean, seriously, man, that's going to be... Does Arch Manning have Twitter? I don't think that he does. I, that, I don't that's what's that bizarre to me the other day is that I, you know, I just kind of been following the Arch Manning recruitment tangentially because OU hadn't offered, but after OU offered, I figured I'd go uh, follow him on Twitter and just kind of keep closer tabs on the way that everything was progressing. And... <laughs> He, he doesn't have a Twitter account, not one that I can find. Yeah, I mean, obviously this past weekend was was big for guys in the portal for, for OU, like guys coming into town. Like, that's got to be kind of interesting, right? Because you're hosting portal guys, yet you're really trying to beef up this 2023 class. So there's this total, like, 
let's get the guys here for now, but we got to start building a class for the future as well. I wonder how that staff is navigating that, but that's got to be in in some ways a lot of a lot of headaches trying to trying to do both. It's the month of January. I can't imagine, you know, being a recruiting analyst, a recruiting reporter, that's tough enough in a month like this when you have the regular day-to-day of the recruiting landscape and all of this transfer portal news hitting the fan. I can't imagine being a coach. I can't imagine I can't imagine having that much on my plate and then having to worry about spring practice starting up again. That's yeah. got to be a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, by the way, latest portal news, Makai Wingo uh, has picked LSU today, not OU, the D lineman from Missouri. That's LSU's ninth portal ad in the past week. Dude, LSU with that new staff, they are getting after it in the transfer portal. Dang. Makai Wingo, just the latest, which is a that guy is, that you'd like to That have. is quite the news dump because Oklahoma has nine transfer editions too, but they've been a lot more spaced out. Yeah. In they've the been past, all in the span of a week. Last week, LSU has, wow. uh, has had that happen. How about that? All right, one final segment on Locked In coming up next. I, I guess the Big 12 is wanting to divide the conference into two seven-team divisions, and there might be even a proposed north and south, if you will, We'll talk about that next coming up on the other side. It's Locked In with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref.
Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune. Bob Stoops joins the rush next hour at 3.20. Be sure to uh, stay tuned in for that one. I just got a DM uh, saying this. Check Caleb's TikTok. I wonder if it's real and is he just giving us grief? Shrug emoji. Do you have TikTok and do you know the uh, TikTok that they're referencing? I have not and will not take the TikTok plunge. So I do not know what they're referencing. I would imagine if it's on TikTok, it'll be circulating on Twitter within minutes because any notable TikTok ultimately finds its way to all the other forms of social media. So uh, I, I would imagine we'll find out at some point what that pertains to. But How done am I with the Caleb Williams situation? I will not be downloading TikTok just to see what he put up. Um, however, if Jackson Dart were to put something up, oh, come on, buddy, I'm creating an account to see what Jackson Dart and Michael Trigger put up on TikTok. Come on, dude. Come on, we know where the the real priorities are now. When is this thing dropping, man? Like, they're posting the official visit picture. And look, like, I get that they're working out things on their own timeline, and they have every right to do that. But from where I sit, man, I'm just, I'm ready to know, you know? Well, hey, I um, like you said, it sounds like Caleb and Carl got a couple more visits possibly lined up. It could be going on for quite some time. So just mm. hang in there. Just hang in there. It'll be all right. You'll get through it. Well, I mean, if Jackson Dark commits to Oklahoma at that point, that's where I officially check out from the Caleb Williams discourse. So what happens first? Caleb Williams picks another school, or the Big 12 separates into two seven-team divisions, which is supposed to happen in uh, 2023, by the way. I mean, Caleb Williams might be in the transfer portal again at that point. Who knows? Uh, I, here's a projection. Like According to CBS Sports, here's a projection of one way the Big 12 could organize its uh, two seven-team divisions in 2023. And tell me, I mean, this is crap. It, and I don't believe for one second that OU and Texas are going to be a part of a seven-team, two seven-team divisions in the Big 12. Yeah, no way. No way. I, They'll be gone. So this is really all for, fear, for entertainment on my part. But here's the Big 12 North. Cincinnati, BYU, Iowa State, KUK State, and then OU and OSU. In the Big 12 South, you've got Baylor, Houston, TCU, Texas, Texas Tech, UCF, and West Virginia. Geez, can you like separate those two a little bit and make them a little bit more even? Got Cincinnati, who was in the college football playoff last year. BYU, I think they have back-to-back 10-win seasons. Um, Oklahoma, of course, Oklahoma State, who won the Fiesta Bowl this year. Um, and in the other division, you have basically a bunch of scrubs and, and Baylor. Let's not act like it's been that long since Baylor's been a scrub either. I don't know how, I don't know if there's a good way to break that Big 12 up. I think what needs to happen, and I think what will happen, is that OU and Texas will just be on their way to the SEC in 2023 when the AAC contingent is plus BYU yeah. joins the new Big 12. Yeah, now, I, I, geographically, I, yeah. I don't know how they split this thing up because like BYU out there in Provo, Utah is about as much of a geographical outlier as you're going to find. Other than Morgantown, West Virginia. And, yeah. and then you got Morgantown up there, which Morgantown is in reasonably close proximity to Cincinnati. So at least yeah. those two are kind of in the same vicinity. But then UCF? <laughs> In I think, Orlando? I think you put all the noobs together to get this thing kicked off. I think you yeah, put in BYU. Yeah, B, this, this would be the best, right? You put BYU, Cincinnati, West Virginia, and UCF along with Texas and Texas Tech. 
just wear them out Mate, with the plane flights. <laughs> Mate, Texas have like an eight-hour or longer road trip to every single destination that they play in the conference. Yeah. Just saying. That's going to be quite a quite a motley crew there in the new Big 12. Yeah, but again, I don't going to take some getting used to. OU fans, I don't really think that this is something that you're going to have to worry about. I think that this is going to be OU in Texas last year in the Big 12 and on to the SEC in 2022. That'll do it for us. Uh, keep hammering the text line, Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. The Rush coming up next right here on The Ref.